It is another edition of Mini Chirps, another player signing, and this time a guy with a championship pedigree from the collegiate ranks, Phil Laganov, a center who is uh, looking to make a splash here in the ECHL. Phil, great to finally meet you. I know you said right before we started here, go by Lags instead of Laganov, a little long in the tooth on that last name. But uh, what have you been doing here to stay busy this summer uh, leading up to what will be your first season in the ECHL? Well, pretty standard, um, other than the fact that I picked up on golf. Uh, I've been nice. golfing a lot more this summer. A um, few trips, a uh, couple to uh, BC, um, down south, actually, to Phoenix. So trying to expand that side of my uh, athletic performance. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know Phoenix is, I guess, not too far from Tucson, where you had a chance to make your pro debut last year. You played, uh, I believe it was against the Barracuda for your AHL debut. Then uh, you had four games there as a member of the Tucson Roadrunners. I know we had a player, Zach Andrusiak, that played a couple games there on a call-up last season. But um, what a jump, man. And we've seen that before, guys going from the NCAA to AAA professional hockey. What was that experience like? Well, I was very glad I was able to get a little touch of that uh, at the end of last year, just to see the environment and how things roll and how things or how, how teams function, I guess, on that level. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was very happy with, with, you know, the coaching staff and them giving me the opportunity, uh, crazy change, just even right away, uh, you know, getting off the plane, walking out, I thought, I thought I was seeing trees, but it was actually massive cacti that were probably taller than some trees you'd see in Vermont. Um, but yeah, cultural shock a little bit, but, um, I was very happy overall. How do you do, uh, or how do you deal with, uh, heat? <sighs> not, not very well. Uh, the Russian genetics aren't made for uh, for hot climates, I do have to say. <laughs> well, it's funny, though, because you mentioned golf and you said Phoenix. So what is going on? Are you still I mean, you mentioned Vermont as well. Where are you calling in from? Let's just start with that. <laughs> I'm now I'm back home in, in greater Toronto area, um, okay. Saga, to be specific. But um, yeah, most of the summer I was here. I was actually uh, in UMass or at UMass for, uh, I think, four weeks this summer. Just going back, training, seeing some of the uh, old teammates. Um, we had a few alumni go back as well, so it was good to see some old faces. All right, well, let's, uh, Lags, you mentioned UMass, and, and that's something that, you know, I asked you about a little before we got on this call. So one of the players that you'll meet when you get into Cincinnati is Matt Cairns, and his similar his story, uh, a bit similar to you in the sense that he went to one school for the bulk of his time uh, and then decided at the end to go to University of Minnesota Duluth. So he went from Cornell to UMD for his senior year. You did the same thing going from the Minutemen in UMass to Vermont, uh, I think what's more interesting about your story is that, you know, you had just come off winning a championship. You'd won two regular season titles in the Hockey East Conference um, at UMass. So what prompts that change with just one year left in college hockey? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, probably the most difficult decision I've had to make uh, throughout my life so far. I, um, you know, I, I love my experience at UMass. I think I've gained a lot of perspective and obviously from, you know, on ice and off ice um, uh, experience, but uh, it came down to opportunity. And I think with the four years that I had at UMass and everything that I learned, I feel like I had um, an edge on, or when it comes to experience, I guess. So going to a team like Vermont, it was very similar to where UMass was at my freshman year. So UMass was 58th in the country. 
when I committed. And a lot of people said, you know, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Why are you going to UMass? And uh, I thought that that was very special, taking a program from where it was, um, you know, as a team, as a unit to where it is now. And um, I thought it was a very special opportunity to do the same thing or help the young kids at UVM uh, learn the habits and details that it takes to, to make a winning program. Well, you certainly made a splash at the end of your time, though, with UMass, man, that toe drag goal in the championship game against St. Cloud. I know it wasn't the game winner, 5 nothing final, but, man, is that is that among the highlights or maybe the top highlight of your college run? It has to be the highlight. Yeah, surreal. I think I'm still processing that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a cool goal. That was the first thing I, I when I'm trying to research you, I just look up Phil Laganov everywhere and First thing I saw was like, okay, this guy can score. And really, when you look at it, you talk about the pride you take in going to that program. Let's backpedal and focus on the beginning of that in UMass because you're an OJHL kid, which I'm going to touch on that in a couple minutes here. Scouts were looking at you. You were uh, at a development camp with the Boston Bruins a couple of years back as well. And so I have to imagine a lot of colleges, maybe you're catching the attention of, and you decide to do that move that people are calling you foolish for four years earlier, then all of a sudden you're hoisting a championship. That's sort of a stick it to them point, but it also, you know, maybe underscores, you know, I don't even know if underscore is the right word, but just how smart you were and how forward thinking you were to go to that school that maybe at the time people were like, what are you doing? But in the long run, it paid off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the time, to be honest, it, it felt very natural. Um, I didn't think I was making an outlandish decision. Um, I know it was a little bit early in my recruiting, uh, I guess, cycle, you could say, during that season. Um, I was having a good year and uh, I was starting to talk to more and more schools and it seemed kind of exponential at the time. And when I visited UMass, even before beforehand, having the communication with Ben Barr, Greg Carville and D-Mike, um, I felt like that connection was very strong and I really believed into what they were selling and when it came to culture. And, you know, on top of that, seeing some of the other players that were committing at the time and that they were talking to, I could tell that there was something special. And, you know, I, I knew that I had an opportunity to play and make a difference as well. And that was a big factor. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go I, ahead. I was I was going to say, you know, you're talking about connections. And I think that's a full circle moment because I mentioned the OJHL. The first thing I see is Burlington Cougars. I immediately think, OK, he knows Alex Pazera. Of course, Cyclones assistant coach now was the assistant coach then. And that was where your career really started. I mean, you talk about getting noticed from scouts and then getting to make that move into Division I hockey. It kind of starts when you go to Burlington because your first year in the OJHL is an okay year, but then you get to the Cougars and you really start to break out. Yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate to have met uh... – Mark Juris, uh, he was the head coach in Burlington. And I probably owe my hockey career to him in that moment. Um, so I started, I usually probably saw in Milton uh, for my junior career. And the team looked very promising at the beginning. And it ran into some um, financial issues as time went on. I'll, you know, summarize it overall. And so some of the players got started getting traded away, some of the older veterans. And somehow, and this is near the middle of the year, I got an assistant captain position with the Milton Icehawks. So you could probably imagine as a 16-year-old, that's probably not a good sign for the team. <laughs> so 
Um, Dennis Maxwell, the GM at the time, was able to add me to a trade as a throw-in to Burlington. And uh, I remember talking to Juris at the time, and he said, oh, yeah, you'll play, you know, maybe, um, you know, two games and then sit one, um, you know, fourth-line role, subbing in and out. And I was so happy because I wanted that opportunity to go to a place where, you know, there was good coaching and there's an opportunity for growth. And um, the rest was history. You know, I, I came in and I proved myself. Uh, it was a great group of guys that had great culture there. And uh, yeah, like that, even that when I got to Burlington, I was, I think, point per game on the fourth line. So things just seemed to have clicked. Um, even though I wasn't playing as much, um, you know, I was having a lot of fun playing hockey. Not too many point per game fourth liners out there, by the way. <laughs> you mentioned Mark Juris and that you, you, you know, owe your hockey career to him. He's on record saying that he believes you have a shot at making the NHL. And as you fast forward a few years, now he said that, what, four, five, six seasons ago, you're only 23 years old. And now you have a few AHL games under your belt. So coming to Cincinnati, what, what does that mean for you? Yes, it's the ECHL, but I think you're like a lot of other guys. You're going to be coming here on an SPC contract, but there's always the opportunity, not just within our organization that, of course, extends to the Rochester Americans and Buffalo Sabres. But, you know, in, in some guys' case, they kind of like that SPC contract because all the teams at the next two levels can be taking a look. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, opportunity on its own going to Cincinnati and everything that I've heard from uh, Painter, Bez, you know, some of the guys that are from this area. I know there's a lot of guys from Toronto. Um, I've heard so many great things. So I'm very excited from that front. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an opportunity for growth. Um, at the end of the day, the goal is to, to try to step forward, you know, every day and uh, ultimately try to get to the AHL um, and then to the NHL uh, from there. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be my first full year. I haven't had uh, that experience yet. And I know I'm sure it'll be, it'll be different. So I'm very excited. <laughs> so to backpedal a little bit, you talk a lot about Mark Juris, but when you were in Burlington, Alex Bezzero was there. What kind of conversations did you have with Alex? With Alex, wow, um, a lot of conversations. I mean, a lot of it was at the time more specific skill development. Um, and I think I recall um, focusing on strengths. And at the time, um, that's when I was first kind of finding what I did well in hockey, you know, and, and trying to focus on that. And for me, with Bez, I just remember uh, him pointing things out that he was like, yes, like you do a really good job, you know, puck protecting down low use that, you know, and then, you know, work on that and use that. And I just remember those little things. And um, I think from that year, um, I did notice that I was focusing on maximizing those strengths. So I, you know, in that conversation and in those conversations, right now you fast forward all these years later, and I guess probably at the time you're leaving Burlington, you're thinking college hockey. I don't know if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to see you guys again down the road here you are. And as I mentioned earlier, sort of this full circle moment is coach Bezerra, the connection that got you here. You talked about painter. So obviously there's at least been one touch point with him. Of course, the head coach and director of hockey operations here with the Cyclones, where is the touch point that ultimately begins to get the ball rolling for you to come to Cincinnati? Well, having that connection with Bez is uh, absolutely amazing. Right. Um, just from the personal side, and I'm a people person, you know, I trust, uh, you know, I put my trust in people and I, you know, good people matter for organizations. And I know, I know Bez well, 
Um, but yeah, and even, you know, like I said, talking to Painter uh, and hearing all the good reviews of him uh, is very promising. So yeah, I'm very, very excited. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. No, I love it. And I, and you can see the excitement. So um, I'll, I'll double down on this question when you mentioned the conversation with Painter. So all the free agents are, well, I guess everybody's always a free agent in this league, but uh, it, the people that are coming in like yourself that have not been here before, I look at your resume, man, it's hard to imagine that the Cyclones were the only team that would have considered adding you to their roster. So not that you have to name names, but what, led you here as opposed to maybe taking a different step you're ready for the pro game that's obvious but why Cincinnati yeah I think there's a lot of reasons um I think the hockey opportunity side is the most important at the end of the day um that outweighs everything and yeah there's you know there's teams down south where you know, they're very enticing. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you could golf all year round. You know, you get a free membership. We'll take care of you. Don't worry. And of course, it's very tempting. But um, at the end of the day, this is a business and I'm here to play hockey. And from what I've heard, the golf in Cincinnati is also pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I'm from what I've heard, you know, the team is very successful and uh, that's that's important to me. And I feel like I can make a big difference. Well, clearly we're learning that golf is among the top priorities when it comes to where you need to go in hockey, but you're right. I know the guys here, they love it. And also a cool sports city as well with so much entertainment and other options as well. Phil, I'll end it on this. Let's go right back to the beginning of the conversation. I asked you about the heat. You said, oh, you know, the Russian genetics don't go well there. So you're, you're based in Ontario right now. Tell me a little bit about the backstory. Where's the Russian heritage coming in? Yeah, so um, I actually grew up in Russia until I was uh, nine years old. So uh, when I moved to Canada, it was grade four was my first year. Um, and yeah, I actually first moved to Hamilton, Ontario. I uh, started playing out there and then moved my way to the GTHL in Toronto. So there's a lot of long drives, commutes through traffic <laughs> growing up. Um, but yeah, you know, and always, you know, had that dream to play in the OHL, even, you know, coming out of Russia. Um, a lot of kids know the CHL, as I'm sure you know, the uh, European draft. Um, so that was always a goal for me until I really, really until I met Juris. Uh, and he kind of opened up my world, like hockey world, to the college side of things. And um, yeah, I just, I was very fortunate to come from, you know, having that perspective, playing in Russia, living in Russia, you know, then moving to Canada, experiencing that, playing in Canada, going to school in Canada, and then going to the US. Yeah. Um, I think there's not a lot of people that have that perspective. And um, I'm very fortunate to, I think I have a very unique view on, um, you know, the world and in hockey, especially. Yeah, what's I mean, what is your viewpoint on that? I, I thought when you said the Russian genetics, I thought maybe it was, you know, your dad or your mother were born in Russia, but like you never saw there. But I mean, first nine years, so you played there? Do, do you ever go back? Do you have family over there still? Yeah, so um, I used to go back every summer for a month, actually. Wow, um, okay. through college, is becoming more difficult. I would go every other year. And then once COVID hit, uh, travel is very difficult. So I haven't been back now, uh, I want to say four years. Wow. Um, but my parents, my parents go back all the time. Um, obviously, right now, again, very challenging. My dad's still, his job is in Russia. So wow. things have been pretty tough um from that end but 
Um, you know, I, I really hope that things calm down so I can see my family. I still have lots, of, I would say majority of my family still live in Russia. Um, so, you know, it would be nice to see them hopefully next summer if I can get the opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just been a little bit more challenging lately. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of people can relate to you and we're, we're certainly all pulling for you and, and for this world to be on the other side of the, uh, the pandemic. I feel like we've made some strides. Um, I, I'll end it with this, which I think I said I was going to end it on a couple questions ago, but then the Russian stuff was kind of cool. So <laughs> no 23 years old, and you mentioned you think you have a different perspective on hockey uh, than maybe some people at your age because of the experience, Russia, Canada, the States. I almost wonder if you have a different perspective on life than, than some people just having those kinds of life experiences. Can you sort of just, I guess, put a bow on this conversation by talking about your perspective on hockey and life and how your experiences have shaped where you are and, and who you are as you get ready to come into camp next month. Yeah. I, yeah, like I said, I, I'm very, very fortunate for, for my experience. Cause I think for a long time living at home, even playing junior, um, I felt sheltered and protected. And when I went to UMass, it was a very big challenge and big difference because yeah. there we were challenged as individuals on and off the ice. And going through those hard times made me a better and stronger person, like more resilient, I think is probably the better way to put it. And um, I think in terms of life itself, you know, I, the challenges that I've seen and heard from my family in Russia and things that they've had to go through to give us the opportunity to move to Canada in the first place. And, you know, the daily grind in Canada, seeing kids coming in every single day, skating all day, right? That commitment, that level of challenge. And then moving to the US, like I said, and, you know, for me, it makes things, I think I'm a lot more open-minded and I have a little bit more patience than um, I would say the average person, um, just in general, I think I'm, uh, I love to learn and I'll listen here. Anybody out, I think, um, yeah, at the end of the day, everybody, everybody's good at something. And I think my perspective on life is I want to learn from everybody. And, um, there's not one person that's, um, you know, the best at everything. It's not possible. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to learn a lot about you and you're going to learn a lot about us here in Cincinnati coming up. Phil, this has been a, a really awesome conversation. I can't wait to kind of expand on some of those Russian stories you talk about more once we get some uh, interviews coming here at Cyclones Camp. But everything is going to start for real on October 22nd. Cyclones are on the road in Fort Wayne and then first face off back in this building, Heritage Bank Center, Saturday, October 29th, 7.30 puck drop. Make sure to go to cycloneshockey.com to get your tickets. If you haven't done so already, you'll get to see Phil Laganov, the newest addition to the Cincinnati Cyclones lags. Thanks so much for your time, man. Looking forward to catching up with you and learning a little bit more about you here next month. Awesome. Thank you for having me on.